there's a lot of surface level, a lot of concepts, but there wasn't the discipleship that, that the kids needed. And so that's why the depression, I, I believe that's why the depression was able to take hold so resoundingly is because I didn't have the anchor of true faith in Christ. Hi, it's Yvette here. Listen, I'm just going to take a few seconds to ask you for a big favor. If you love this podcast, then hit the subscribe or the follow button if you haven't already, right now on your phone or on your computer, and leave me a five-star rating. And then leave me a review and tell me what you love about the show or what you'd like me to talk about. All this really helps to send out the message of the Positively Joy podcast to the people who need to hear it. And then finally, if you love it, then share this with everybody that you know. Thanks so much. That's it. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to Positively Joy, the podcast on seeking the light in all seasons. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and today we speak to, well, I call him a renaissance man, Dave Ebert of Gifts for Glory. He's a funny guy, but he's deadly serious about his mission. And that's shining a spotlight on people who are using their gifts, whatever they may be, in the glory and honor of the Father. I think you'll like him. Take a listen. Hey, Dave. How are you today? Hey, I'm great, and I'm uh, thrilled to be on here with you. Um, we actually, uh, before we recorded, we got to meet in the uh, the CPA meeting, uh, the Christian Podcasters uh, uh, Coffee Talk group. So it's uh, it, it's nice because sometimes you don't get to meet the host before you actually go on. So it was, it was really cool getting to see you, and, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Well, great. I mean, you are so right, because a lot of times we will do, you know, we'll research, we'll talk to people, but it's never the same as actually meeting. So that was a that was a fortunate surprise. I didn't expect to see you there. And again, that's a, it was kind of like a little coffee Zoom meeting that we had earlier with other Christian podcasters. So it was great to see you there. And as I told you, I actually knew about two of your three ministries, and we're going to talk about all of them today. But it was nice to learn about about the, the other one, and then also just to learn a little bit more about you and your fudge making ability. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the fudge making, that's my wife. I am the official taste tester and part-time cleaner upper afterwards. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the fudge uh, that you bring in, uh, that you mentioned, we actually do it as fundraisers. Uh, this season we're raising funds for a, uh, a camp for foster kids um, to kind of give them a, a taste of, it's supposed to be a summer camp, but because of the COVID, uh, yeah. that didn't happen in July. So they're... Uh, uh, doing it in October to just give the kids, you know, a weekend of hopefully normalcy and, and also to try to pour into them. And uh, so my wife and I are raising funds to help sponsor that camp, and we're going to be serving there uh, next weekend. Well, I can already tell we're going to have a great conversation because we've already jumped in, and I haven't even introduced you to the audience yet, which I will do now. <laughs> no, it's going to be – I love it. It's great when it's natural like this. So welcome, Dave Ebert, and you are a Renaissance man. You are an actor, a speaker, an improv comedian, which is great because we laugh a lot on this show. And it's all under the umbrella, I guess you could say, of Gifts for Glory, which also is a podcast where you talk about – the gifts that people have that they are using for God's glory. And I can, I can connect with that so much because that's exactly how this podcast was born. And I will have to talk to you about that later, Okay. but yeah, but tell us a little bit about why you got gifts for glory started and what does it mean to you? 
Sure. Uh, in 2013, I uh, moved to the Chicagoland area, and uh, I actually moved back. Uh, I was born up here, and uh, wanted to use comedy to minister to people. So I started the group that is now Wellverse Comedy, which is our improv ministry. And then I started getting involved in all these other things, and uh, my wife and I were looking, and it was decided that we needed kind of an umbrella to be like the master ministry, the ma the master company, and uh, that's where Gifts of Glory is. Um, because ever since I started the comedy, uh, we said that our hashtag would be hashtag OGHG, which is Our Gifts, His Glory. And uh, so it's all about celebrating the gifts that God's given us. And the gifts can be anything from talents to passions to bad experiences that he's redeeming. Uh, those are all gifts because he's able to use them and use you to uh, bring the gift of salvation to other people. Uh, and that's what our focus is about, whether it's comedy, uh, speaking, or uh, doing pulpit ministry, or whatever the case may be. Uh, that's where Gifts of Glory is born from. So let's talk about each of the ministries. Which started first? Uh, the comedy ministry. I uh, when we moved up here in twenty third, or when I moved up here, uh, I was thirty one years old, completely starting over. I had just uh, rededicated my life to the Lord, or dedicated my life to the Lord for the first time seriously, and I he showed me that performing is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, for many years, I used uh, comedy and, and performing as a way to mask depression and, uh, and my struggle with, with suicidal thoughts. It was a way for me to justify myself, because if I could make somebody laugh, then I had worth and I was offering something positive to the world, which would carry me through to not you know, take that ultimate last step. So when I... You know, got right with the Lord, and I started reading uh, the Purpose Driven Life, and started reading the Bible. Uh, and this is how crazy I was at the time. Uh, all I had available was a Dollar General uh, King James Bible, <laughs> and I, I was—I thought that you know the Bible was just this chronological book. So I started in Genesis, and I got all the way through Deuteronomy, reading the King James version. Wow. Um, <laughs> because we all know that that's the English that Jesus spoke. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, well, first of all, let me just stop you and say I got to give you props. You not really having any other experience, just opening the Bible and getting as far as Deuteronomy and King James. I got to give you props. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there were some people that uh, were from rougher neighborhoods that tried to sell me a, a Rick James Bible, but I didn't go with that one. <laughs> There we go. There we go. There's that comedy. <laughs> so uh, after I uh, was you know, diving in and trying to find my purpose, God's like, you already know it. It's just that you were doing it for the wrong reasons. Now I want you to do it for me. And I said, well, I'm here in Beckley, West Virginia. There's not a lot of opportunity for me. What am I supposed to do? And in the midst of those prayers and that, that searching, my sister offered me a uh, place on her couch to start over. So a few weeks later, I packed everything I owned in my truck and moved up to uh, the suburbs of Chicago uh, with a couple hundred bucks to my name and uh, a huge truck payment. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I just started completely over. And you know, my mom and my sister were incredibly supportive in helping me get started. And uh, it was in June that we started uh, the improv ministry of just doing clean, uh, family-friendly comedy, but with a purpose. 
with stand-up comedy or like scripted comedy, like movies or what have you, it's very easy to protect your witness and protect the comedy from going into heresy or sacrilegious stuff. But with improv, because you're off the cuff, there is no safety net. And we made a conscious decision that we're not going to be biblically funny because we don't want to ever cross those lines and disrespect God or, or his, his story. So we just do simple comedy that's based on the human experience. Uh, Most of the, the funny is because people recognize either some quirk about themselves and one of the characters on stage, or they'll recognize somebody in their life. They're like, Oh, (laughs) that's Susan or or something like that. It's that connection that makes it enjoyable. It's not that it's we're brilliant geniuses that are coming up with the most funny stuff. It's more the recognition and the shared experience uh, together. Mm -hmm. And just in case there's somebody out there who doesn't quite understand what improv is, can you describe what it is and where does God come in? Okay. Uh, Basics of improv is um, improv comedy is completely made up. There may be scenarios. Uh, there's usually suggestions or ideas that are that are drawn from the audience. But we just go and we just make up conversations. We make up characters completely off the cuff. Uh, it's essentially uh, playing pretend. Like uh, if you're a kid growing up, you played house. You know, one played the husband, one played the wife. Uh, maybe the younger siblings played the the kids and you just made up the the conversation and that's what we do we just kind of make it up and uh where god comes in is i consider god as the ultimate improviser Mm. Uh, because what we do is we walk onto a blank stage and we speak our little universe into existence a couple thousand years ago god walks onto a blank stage and he just speaks an entire universe into existence and he did so with such creativity and such vision and such passion. And that's kind of what we do on a, a much smaller scale. And and so, you know, improv is just creating. And you and I, we're improvising right now because we're not reading a script. We're just conversing. I say something, you say something, and we respond to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what improv is. It's responding to one another, not trying to be funny. Because that's the one mistake a lot of young people uh, who get an improv make is they think that their job is to be funny. No, your job is to make the other person that you're improvising with look brilliant. Because if you both make each other look brilliant, you'll look brilliant and the funny will happen. Mm -hmm. And then there's also room for things to not be funny, but be moving or, or even because we're in improv ministry, opportunities to minister through the characters we create because we're not trying to be funny we're trying to just react and respond and support one another because at the end of the day if it's not funny but it's entertaining that's still a win but if you try to be funny and you fail there's no win there Mm, that's very true that's very true so um so you moved from the south to chicago uh, I'm from Chicago, by the way, and okay. so I happen, yeah, so I happen to know that there's a there's a great history of comedy mm-hmm. and comedy appreciation in Chicago, Second City, and all of that. So um, that's that was a good place to be. Um, so okay, and so what came next? So we uh, came, I came up here uh, in in March. A few months later, I connected with a, a gentleman uh, named Ryan McChesney, and and we were very naive and. You know, in getting into like you know 
Christian comedy, we thought, hey, we've never heard of Christian improv. We're going to corner the market and we're going to dominate. <laughs> no, there, there were teams, they were below the surface. Uh, you know, they, they weren't where we were looking. Mm-hmm. And the funny story is, we were looking for a name. Like, we want to perform, you know, create a team. So let's call ourselves Himprov, which is, you know, God, Him, and Prov, in, in moving it together. And we thought, oh, we're geniuses. We're brilliant. Well, we were about 10 years late of brilliance uh, <laughs> because as we're starting to set up the online presence, I type in Himprov to start setting it up, and I realize, oh, there's a group in Texas that already has this name. <laughs> uh, so in my, you know, naivety and cockiness, I guess you could say, yeah, I reached out and said, hey, uh, we started using this name, didn't realize you were there. What, what, would we... Would it be okay if we just went by Himprov Chicago? And, you know, they've been spending 10 years building their name. So they're like, no, because you can't afford to fly us up to make sure that you guys are trained right and know what you're doing. So we don't want you to use our name. Mm-hmm. So, again, in our cockiness and our ego, we're like, who's he to tell us no, you know? Yeah, what does he know? They're just in Texas. We're Chicagoans. <laughs> so we came up with a new name, and uh, that name stuck for about five years and then through time and transition we ended up where i was the only guy on the team and we have four women and we were going by the name haha men at that time wow. which was a play on the words of haha and amen mm-hmm. uh which was getting lost on people they're like well how can you be haha men when you're mostly women and mm-hmm. I feel bad because these ladies, they're brilliant people, and they don't need to be answering silly questions about a, a pun in the name. Right. So, you know, for that and so a few other reasons, we uh, changed our name to uh, Well-Versed uh, in 2019. And that name has a little bit, um, sounds more professional, and also it sticks to my love of double meanings and layers and wordplay because... It's well-versed comedy because we're well-versed in entertainment and comedy, but we're also well-versed scripturally. Um, so that's, you know, the comedy aspect of it was, you know, just looking for a way to use comedy and find ways to use that as a way to carry the light of Christ into different rooms. Uh, we performed in a bar once at uh, every comedian that came before us, you know, doing nothing but stand-up, they were all just getting worse and worse with the vulgarity and with the innuendo yeah. and then we go on after the last uh, uh comic and we're clean and we're fresh and there was genuine laughter uh because there was no shock value there was no hesitation like is that okay to laugh at uh because you saw that there's sometimes even in this bar where people are drinking and doing whatever they would actually there'd be like the split second pause where they wanted to make sure it was okay to laugh at this vulgarity. Then we perform and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we can laugh freely. It's fine. And so it was just, we didn't witness from the stage that night. We didn't share uh, the gospel, but we kind of did because we brought the light of Christ with us and brought the love of Jesus onto that stage. And for anybody whose spirit was open, it ministered to them. Even though they don't, they don't know why or didn't know why in that moment, uh, just by carrying the Spirit with us and having that presence with us, we know that it, it t- 
touched people and whether or not they pursued it or they rejected it again that's their choice but we were there as comedic missionaries lovely i love that comedic missionaries all right so gifts of glory now when does this enter in that started um around uh i guess almost two years ago is because uh in relation to the comedy uh, uh well-versed now I was also starting a um, a Christian improv and sketch festival called Pure Fest, and that was just a platform for Christian performers to come, uh, build networking, uh, do some fellowshipping. Because when you're in the entertainment industry and when you're doing entertainment as a Christian and you're an outspoken Christian, uh, not as spoken politically, but just people know what you believe because you share it, you live it you're very lonely many times in entertainment because you're automatically boxed in or or you're pigeonholed because oh that's a christian they're going to be boring they're going to be lame and we're not because like i said earlier we serve the ultimate creator we're made in his image and this is the guy that came up with the duckbill platypus he's got a sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> um but so you know, Christians who entertain and who do, com do comedy are very underserved and underrepresented. So we wanted to create a platform for them to fellowship, to perform together, and also to show the world that just because they're Christian doesn't mean that they're lame. I mean, there are lame people who go out there in the name of Christ to try to be funny or try to perform. And, and you know, you appreciate the effort, but they're like, okay... Uh, you're, there's so much cheese right now. I'm getting lactose intolerant. Let's. Uh... <laughs> so that was Pure Fest, and you know, so we combine Pure Fest, well-versed comedy, my own personal improv teaching, uh, speaking, and ministry, and just kind of put it under Gifts for Glory. And Gifts for Glory started two years ago, and then uh, a little bit over a year ago, I started. Well, actually, a year and a half ago is when God spoke to me and. Or, and led me to do the podcast to use it as a platform to celebrate the many, many gifts that God gives us, the many, many talents. Um, I've had actors, perform, um, singers, musicians, uh, writers, a lot of comedians, because uh, you know those are the people I connect with, because that's kind of the, the circle I hang in. But just a variety of people that are using their story, their experience, their talents as a way to uh, bring light into the world to minister to people to make a difference and bring hope so that's where the podcast is all about it's about just celebrating those gifts hopefully to encourage those who are in the body of christ and, and wondering what's my purpose in in christianity why am i a christian because i don't know what i'm doing but you hear these stories of people who come from all these different backgrounds and they found something that they're passionate about and now applied it to helping others either by ministering to them or just cheering them up or encouraging, all these different things. So I'm hoping that people will listen and be like, you know what, that's kind of cool. Maybe I could do that. Or there's something they hear and they realize, okay, well, I can't do that, but this is what I am passionate about. Maybe I can do this as a way to serve God. And are many of these people, are they coming from completely separate walks of life? They're not in the ministry, or are they? There, there are some that are actually active in ministry as far as like church-based pulpit ministry. I've had a couple pastors that have been on. Uh, but most of these are Christians that are out in the marketplace 
um, that are using their gifts to impact the circles that they're in. Um, uh, let's see. Um, like Cameron Arnett, uh, he was on last year when Overcomer came out. Um, he, you know, he has a really great story about how he was on he was on the upswing in Hollywood, and they started asking him to do things that he was not comfortable with because of his faith, and it destroyed his career for many years because they're like, oh, he's hard to work with, and he probably lost millions, tens of millions of dollars because he wouldn't compromise. And so he uh, he's he's also done some uh, ministry in, in charge of churches and things. Uh, have I'm just trying to think of all the different guests. I've had Meg uh, Gleesner, uh, who uh, orchestrated the uh, CPA meeting this morning, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she's been on. I've had Eric Nevins, who uh, runs the Christian Podcast Association. He, his ministry is podcasting. Uh, and, and among other things in his life personally, but like his big thing is the podcasting and connecting and networking. So it, they come from all different walks of life, all different parts of the country. Um, I haven't had any international guests on yet, maybe someday, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing is there are more than one, there, there's an infinite number of ways to be used in the body of Christ. Uh, one of my favorite verses is First uh, Corinth or First uh, passages is First Corinthians uh, twelve four to six. Uh, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them. There are many different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So we all have different gifts. Now this is specifically speaking to the spiritual gifts, but I. In reading it, I also see that it's applicable to the tangible gifts, like, well, there's comedy, podcasting, uh, teaching, whatever it may be. God has given you things because you can reach people and you can make a difference in the lives of people that somebody else really can't because there's not that connection. And when we all work together, more and more people will come into the body, more and more gifts come into the body, and then more and more people come into God, uh, into the body. It's like Jesus is the ultimate uh, MLM marketer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I think a lot of people see, because, you know, if they're trying to, if they're listening to this now and they're thinking, okay, let me picture this. Um, think about Sunday mornings at church and think about uh, all the service areas where people volunteer. And usually you're going to gravitate into those serving areas where you have a passion or you have some kind of a gift. Um, maybe it's administrative or maybe it's you like to talk with people and you want to be a greeter or you love kids. And so these are gifts. I mean, these are yeah. gifts that he's given us um, from. And it's funny because sometimes you'll be in the wrong one and then you'll say, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I was working, I was serving in my church and I mean, it's important. All of it is important, but yeah. I was doing some administrative stuff. I'm, I'm an extrovert. I love talking to people. And so part of the same ministry area there's the administrative part, but then there's the part where you have to uh, be at a desk and greet people. And I was like, why did I know about this? <laughs> this, is, this is where I need to be, you know? Um, so, yeah, you just have to kind of gravitate with those gifts and go where where they make the most sense. And so yeah. I think if anyone's wondering, well, I don't understand what he's talking about. Just think about it. I bet I bet you do. And that translates in some areas into into work or into larger serving areas. Yeah, absolutely. And that, uh, for any pastors listening, part of your job is to plug people in where they're gifted. 
Um, I know that it's very easy to get the brand new volunteer and say, okay, we need somebody in the children's church. And it's almost like a, a rite of passage in ministry that you got to serve and do your time at the, in, in the children's church. But put the people where their passions are. And that's up to the pastors and leaders of the church. And it's also up to you. Don't take a ministry only because it's, it's needed. Because, number one, you could be being disobedient to what God's put on your heart. But if you fill a spot that's not yours, you could force somebody else to either be out of obedience or deny them the blessing of serving where they're supposed to. Um, sometimes, if, if you're in a small church or a small ministry, you got to wear many hats. But always be ready to give up the hat when God brings in the right people. And... Um, and everybody's got a gift. Everyone's got a talent or a passion to serve. Uh, maybe you don't want to teach in the children's church, but maybe you're excellent at creating PowerPoints. That could be a huge gift to the people who are teaching. That way they can focus on writing the lessons or preparing the lessons, and then you give them the PowerPoint, and then all of a sudden you got got the, the visuals with, the, with everything else going on, and your gift could be invaluable. Uh, maybe, like you said, your your gifting, uh, your passion, what you love to do is administrative. You love order. You love filing things in a way that's easy to find. That could be a tremendous gift for any pastor or any children's pastor. Maybe you love greeting people, and you can serve in hospitality or greeting. Um, maybe you like to work by yourself and just point people in the right direction. You can be an usher or you can be a parking lot attendant. And this is just Sunday ministry. There are infinite ways to, to minister and to serve and to feel value in yourself and in God's kingdom all seven days of the week. And it's all about being honest with yourself about what am I good at, what has God given me, and what does he want me to use. Uh, and uh, there are also seasons. Sometimes you'll be serving where you're happy and you're thrilled, and there are other times God may call you away because it may not be your favorite, but it's what he's gifted you at. So, And it's all about trusting God because God's plan is so much bigger than we could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And he can put all the puzzle pieces together in a way that we don't think makes sense. But from his sky view, it makes perfect sense. So just trust in him and give them your gifts because they're his to begin with. Mm -hmm. So let him use the gifts he's given you, which are his anyway, in the way he needs. And it'll go a lot easier. <laughs> so, you know, when we are trying to, to act in our gifts, um, sometimes something happens when you know, yeah, this is this is where I was supposed to be. Have you ever had a moment like that? Uh, like a confirmation of, okay, I'm yeah. where I'm... Yeah, uh, I mean, with... With comedy, doing comedy, it, I God usually gives me, you know, reconfirmation every so often because, you know, you set out to do something and you have like these great ideas, like, oh wow, we're going to perform in front of thousands of people. This is going to be my career where I make money to provide for my family, and then it doesn't happen. And you're like, God, did I miss something? And then He'll send that nugget to just say, you're where you're supposed to be. Just chill. Do what you're supposed to, and what's going to happen is going to happen. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you make money doing improv. What matters is, are you going to bring people closer to me? And so whenever I do comedy, he, he finds a way to confirm that. In fact, one of the, the greatest blessings in my life has been because of comedy. 
I we did a, a, a improv fundraiser for a group called Salt and Light Coalition. They work with women who are trying to rebuild their lives after surviving years and years of sex trafficking. Uh, they've been bought and sold, treated like property, abused, and literally hell on earth. And they're sur they've survived, and now they're trying to build a life. And so one of my blessings that I've been able to give us at this fundraiser, I felt God nudged me to share my testimony. It wasn't part of the program, wasn't scheduled, but I was like, okay, God, I'll share it. And I thought that maybe it's because God was wanting to minister to somebody in that crowd to hear about the hope despite depression and suicidal thoughts and things. Uh, and that may well have been something that happened. I just don't know about it yet. But that night I shared my testimony, and after we got off stage, the uh, the founder of the group came up to me and said that she would love for me to teach her women improv uh, as a way oh. to yeah and I mean and I understood in that moment and I still understand and appreciate the weight of that ask because I'm a man working with women who have been abused beyond imagination by men and so it's it's a joy and a blessing and an honor to be able to be trusted with that that opportunity because you know they I can't I can't express enough how much they've been hurt by men and for me to be able to be a positive male that's in their lives that's teaching and working with them in a healthy way not in a romantic or physical or any of those things but in a way of pure joy of just pure love, it, I know that that's a great blessing, and I, I hope that it, it has lasting impact for the ladies. And part of the purpose is teaching uh, communication skills, uh, tapping into the creativeness of, of us, because we, like I said, we serve the ultimate creator. We're in his image, so we are creative people as it is. And so we tap into the creativity, and if absolutely none of that takes root, for an hour a month, we get to laugh, and they get to laugh like kids again. Uh, because many of them have been in this hell on earth since kids. So they may have forgotten how to laugh like a kid. And here they are just cracking up, literally, like there's not a care in the world. And in those moments, it's like God saying, see, that's where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really inspiring. And... I think that, you know, there may be times when we doubt, um, but you mentioned this word before. It's all about obedience. Yeah. And I heard um, my pastor say one time that delayed obedience is still disobedience. Yeah. And that really, that kind of wrecked me <laughs> when I heard that. I was like, yeah, wow. So, so, so we can doubt, but it's, it's wonderful when he sends those, those little moments and they, and they do happen. Yeah. Um, but of course, if they if they don't happen as, as often as we would like, we still have to trust and we still have to be obedient. Yeah, I think that one of, one of the greatest pieces of advice that I've heard, not always followed, I mean, true confessions, was, you know, until God changes the instruction, follow the instruction. Mm. So if, like with my comedy, it's like, you know, you feel, you felt called. You feel like this is your instruction. Follow it until God changes it. Yeah. Don't stop and like, are you sure? Really? Just keep going. <laughs> it, it and it's it's so much harder than it sounds. Uh, 
uh, because you get in the middle of it and you're like, I'm not seeing results. This pe- this person's leaving the team. This person's bashing us. You know, no church is going to call us back. No th- comedy club is calling us back. Are we really? And the guy's like, have I changed my direction yet? Mm-hmm. Just trust and obey. It's like the old hymn, trust and obey for there's no other way. Wow. That's what- <laughs> that that's that was my that was the church I grew up in. That's back when we actually had hymnals and you know the the browned pages. <laughs> Nowadays everything's up on the wall and it's all the same slide over and over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you talked about where you came from. Um, talk talk a little bit about that early that early path. What sure. was that like? Um, as far as my faith walk. We were kind of, we were Christians in name only. Uh, we're kind of like the guy that has a membership at the gym, but never goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we carried around the car like, hey, yeah, I'm a member of this uh, of this church. But we rarely went, and there wasn't a lot of discipleship in the in, in me and, and us kids growing up. It was more or less, do the Sunday school thing, be quiet in main service, that's it. Um, so... I was getting poured into a little bit, but not really discipled. I didn't understand a lot about walking with Christ. And so it was basically the idea of, as long as you don't kill anybody, as long as you don't do too many things that violate the Ten Commandments, you'll be all right. (laughs) Uh, You know, if you fool around before you're married, that's forgivable, as long as you eventually someday maybe get married. But as long as you don't kill anybody, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it was like... And despite what the Bible says, there is always this idea of, well, you won't really know if you're going into heaven until you get there. It's kind of a pass-fail thing, and they don't tell you you're great until until it's too late. Um, And it was like, you know, I started reading the Bible now. I'm like, wait a minute, we were so lost back then because you can know. You can't be sure. Um, But, you know, that's how I grew up. And, I mean, I'm thankful for what I was able to glean and the experiences that I did have. Um, they sent me to summer camp each year, and uh, the summer camp before my sixth grade year, uh, we had a devotional. Well, each night they had devotions out in the woods, and um, that Thursday night they were talking about accepting Jesus, praying Him into your heart. So that night on the way back to the cabins by myself, I did. And mm. depending on what you believe, you could say, "Well, you were saved as a sixth grader. Once saved, always saved." Or if you believe that you can walk away from salvation, which I kind of do because I feel like I wasn't saved for many years when I was wrestling with depression. Uh, either way, you know that that moment started something, and then it came to a full term in, in 2013. But as a sixth grader, I said the prayer, and still grew up that feeling of you're you're never going to know until you get there, and. As long as you don't kill somebody, you should be okay. <laughs> and it's and it was very workspace. It's like you know, it wasn't a lot. Of, you didn't understand or weren't taught a lot about the grace, the forgiveness, um, the mercy of God. It was all like you know, just be a good person. You know, be nice to people. Uh, give into the offering plate when it comes by. Don't make change. Uh, they don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> And here's another thing. I never, until 2013, 2014, when I really started my walk, I never understood what tithes and offerings were. 
Right. I thought that it was basically you were just tipping the pastor. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, last week was all right. Here, here's two bucks from last week. <laughs> I had no idea what that was all about. But, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of surface level, a lot of concepts, but there wasn't the discipleship that, that the kids needed. And so that's why the depression, I, I believe that's why the depression was able to take hold so resoundingly is because mm-hmm. I didn't have the anchor of true faith in Christ. Uh, we had, you know, church was unnecessary or it was necessary, but it wasn't required. Uh, if you missed a few weeks, no big deal. Uh, as long as you were there for the potlucks and you brought your famous dish, you were good. <laughs> so we are in this season where a lot of people are struggling. If we're getting into a funk or we see ourselves getting into a funk, um, what can we do? And I think laughter definitely is the best medicine because I love to laugh. But um, what can, you know, anybody listening today, what can they do? Uh, laughter is a great thing. Um, one of my favorite comedians, he's, uh, you know, he's a major star right now. His name is Michael Jr., Mm-hmm. Uh, he just uh, this year came out with a movie called Selfie Dad. He's he's hilarious. Uh, several years ago, uh, I can't even remember when, he did an interview, and I think it was part of one of his DVD specials, where he said, and, and I love this quote, laughter is the tangible evidence of hope. Mm, and, nice, nice. So that's been like a motivating quote for me. That's like John 3.16 and then this Michael Jr. quote. <laughs> All right, maybe I'm exaggerating, but still... Um, but the idea is find ways to laugh and any laughter is going to have its benefit, but try to find pure laughter, find a Christian comedian or a family friendly comedian or a family friendly show, something that's not going to pollute your mind, find something that is going to be pure. And if you want to kind of have an idea of what you're looking for, Philippians 4.8 talks about, you know, keep your mind focused on, you know, what is pure, what is holy, what is righteous. And if you find comedy that can fit in that, that's going to be very, very beneficial. For somebody that is out there, ask for help. It's not a burden. It is not a burden. And if you have some, if you don't feel like you have people in your life that you can trust with it, that's why whenever I share my testimony, I hope it's okay. I make my email available to anybody that needs needs a, a sounding board. Absolutely. It's not, it's not because I want to preach to you. I'm not going to copy and paste a bunch of scripture. I just want to be there and walk walk with you through it. Uh, so my email is dave at giftsforglory.com. That's Dave at gifts, the number four, glory.com. So yeah, my email, it's open. Um, It'll go right to my phone. I'll get it as soon as I can get to my phone. I know that no depression is the same as anybody else's. You've got a different story. you got a different path. you got different reasons. And so it's not about somebody saying, I know everything. I'm going to give you all the answers. I probably don't have all the answers or even close to it. But I do know that you're worth the effort. You're worth the time. And God has a plan for you, and God has a plan for me. And part of that plan is to try to prevent people from taking that final step that he that He weeps when people take that step because they're robbing themselves of the ability to be used in his kingdom. And they're robbing themselves of the ability to have the healing that he so desperately wants them to have. Um, so I just I want to be available. And like I said, it will always go to my phone, and I will always make sure that that email is available for somebody if they want to just 
vent, if you want to have verbal diarrhea and just get it all out in an email, it doesn't matter if you curse, if you cuss, if you say this, that, and the other thing. I grew up with a dad that was a soldier in Vietnam, so there's not a curse word you could say that I haven't heard before. So whatever you need to do to get it out, I want to be there for you. Thank you for that. And where can they find you for your comedy and your other ministries? Uh, the the primary, uh, like the umbrella, is the Gifts for Glory, which is uh, giftsforglory.com. Uh, our comedy ministry is Well-Versed Comedy. Uh, our website is wellversedcomedy.com. And uh, we're uh, also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Gifts, the number four, Glory, and then at Wellversed, C-M-D-Y. Uh, try to keep it uniform, and unfortunately, Twitter doesn't allow... Uh, enough letters, so that's why we had to c condense it to well-versed CMDY, mm -hmm. uh, just to make it easier for people to find us. Okay. Thank you so much for talking about gifts today and about serving and volunteering. I mean, I mean, I feel like this conversation went a couple different areas, but it all comes back to giving. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. So thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And uh, just thank you for allowing me to come on and share. And I pray that, that somebody, even if it's one person, uh, can, can find some, some of that joy. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Positively Joy. I'm your host, Yvette Walker. And thank you so much for spending some time with us. Come on over to our website, PositivelyJoy.com. You can listen to past episodes. You can download a free teachable called Five Ways to Choose Joy. See our merchandise, cool t-shirts with our new logo. We've got a lot going on at PositivelyJoy.com. So we hope to see you there. Farewell for now.